what to do, where to eat, and people you should know. This is Nashville Lifestyles, the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nashville Lifestyles, the podcast. We have a very special podcast today. It's a special edition. So I want to start by thanking our sponsors who make this possible for us every week. They're going to love this, too. But um, Gaylord Opryland and Soundwaves have been with us since the beginning. We love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. And it's cold weather right now, but it's not in Soundwaves. So I can't wait to go and uh, get a little surf and a margarita. (laughs) All the things. Hey, Allison is on with me as well, obviously. Allison's our editor. Hello, Allison. How are you? Hello. I'm just over here daydreaming about floating down a lazy river with my with my margarita. Oh, yeah. The lazy river is fun. Oh, that's what I'm dreaming of right now. When in reality, mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to do a bunch of work and Christmas shopping. We're recording this pre-New Year's, you guys. Um, okay. So also, I want to thank our friends at the AMG. And Chris Young was so nice to do something that you guys will hear in the middle for us. We appreciate your support, especially for the music issue. You work with so many musicians. It's great. And then, you know, CMT, uh, country music television. I'm saying a lot of initials quickly. I should slow down. Yeah. AMG, CMT. Um, so they have been so gracious to co-present with us for music in the city forever and ever with us. And this year we weren't able to do the live event, obviously because of COVID. So we're bringing this to the podcast so everybody can get to know more about, you know, the guests and, and really it's a one-on-one. So that's the thing. It's, um, you got to spend time with Morgan Wallen on a Zoom call, right? Tell yes. me about it. It was it was great. He is a really great interview and so charming, but not in a smarmy way. Um, just so genuine, so down to earth, uh, and also had a fantastic Zoom backdrop, which I think <laughs> in 2020 has really become an important thing. Uh, it made me feel a little inferior to be honest, because he had just a beautiful uh, wooden paneled wall behind him. It it did um, look good. It literally, uh, you will not hear this uh, in what you're about to hear, but the literal first thing that I said to him was, oh, look at your backdrop. (laughs) That is how I opened this interview, because it was just very pretty. It was like walking into a home goods. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry, that made me giggle. Walking into a home goods with Morgan Wallen. Which is exactly the rep Morgan Wallen is looking for. Can you imagine um, if he's literally at Home Goods? <laughs> the new face of Home Goods, Morgan Wallen. Um, <laughs> no, but it was we had such a great interview. Um, Morgan has had a huge year musically, but he's also had sort of a, a bumpy year personally. Um, he was very open about that with us. Um, he uh, he even talks about how you know he he had a little got into a little trouble uh, at Kid Rock's bar downtown, got a little too rowdy, um, and talks about how that inspired the name of this double album, Dangerous, the double album. Um, and so it was a really great interview, and I'm I'm so excited for people to hear it because I found it surprising how very soft spoken and even keeled and funny and warm he is you know you see somebody on stage like that who's got so much charisma and kind of that country boy swagger and you you don't necessarily know if they're going to be a a great interview slash conversation Um, but he was just so open and so warm and I'm I'm excited that people get to hear that firsthand 
Yeah, he's a good guy. We talked about this in the last podcast. Like he's got that it factor. Some mm-hmm. someone told me one time I, I was like, We're gonna have him in the magazine. He was gonna do music in the city for us the year that FGL was the headliner. And this employee of ours went and was like, Brian, he is really a star. Like people are going crazy for him. And then I've seen him a few times and I'm like, he's he really is incredible and I'm so glad that he did this for us. And like you said, he's had a wild and crazy year. And you guys talk a little bit about that. And uh, I guess we should just play the interview, should we? Yeah, let's let's let everybody hear it for themselves. All right, you guys, enjoy. With an interview question and a me question, how was SNL? It was fun as hell. We had a we had a good time. Um, they were all super nice and uh, accommodating. I mean, it was it was a, a, the best experience I've had with TV so far by far. I mean, what like I don't even want to say redemption because it wasn't a redemption, but like what a way to like the bummer of having to postpone, but then to come back and get a sketch, like uh, huge. Yeah. Um, they approached us with the idea of a sketch earlier in the week, last week. And I, I was all, I was all game for it. You know, I was, I kind of hoped that we would make fun of, of last time just so people, we could get the elephant out of the room and people could see that I didn't take myself too serious either. So yeah, it was, it was good. I, I had a good time with it. Oh my gosh. Would you, so did you go through like rehearsals and stuff with them for that? With like Jason Bateman and everything? Yeah, we did. We did, uh, one day we did rehearsals on Friday and then we came back and did a few on Saturday too and made a couple changes and things like that. But yeah, Jason Bateman, he, he, he was awesome. When did music become something you were aware of? Like, when were you like, oh, okay, I'm like, I'm more into this than just it's on the radio? Yeah, uh, I mean, I started singing when I was three years old at church, so I've, I've always kind of just been really into music. That was mostly, I guess, that at that young of age, I was probably curated by my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, she recognized, you know, that I was really, you know, I guess musical, even at a young age. And started playing instruments when I was five. So, I, and I wanted to. She said I asked for a violin when I was five years old for Christmas. And Aww. that's what they got me. <laughs> I guess, you know, I I was around quite a decent amount of bluegrass um, at that time. So, I guess that's just the, that's the instrument that I picked from bluegrass that I wanted to play. Um, and then I started playing piano, too, when I was seven. And I've I've always really just been interested in it was either music or sports for me my whole life. My mom said I never like never played with toys or or games or anything. You know, it was always music or sports pretty much. And um, I, but I you know I I got to be a little bit older and sports kind of took over and because uh, it was just so much more you know it's the cool it's cooler when you're that you know, when you're that age it's cooler to play sports than it is to play music at least it was in my friend group so I. I uh, mostly just started playing sports over the music and you know i would still listen to a lot of music and and still loved it but i didn't take as much part in it as you know as i did before and then um once once uh baseball my baseball career was over i i that's i was supposed to play in college got hurt so i I, you know i went through a time period where i was trying to figure out what what i was going to do and i was kind of you know i didn't it was hard i was kind of devastated really because i put put so much time and effort into baseball yeah i bet so i, I started writing songs and, and playing guitar then and, and kind of just help it was a way to help me get my feelings out and and um you know just to keep my mind occupied and, and to get say things that i wanted to say and um i guess by the time i was about 19 is when i really 
started growing my own the love for uh, music, you know, that could be my my music, um, mm-hmm. I'd say probably about 19. Wow. And then, I mean, growing up in driving distance of Nashville, was it on your radar that, like, if you if music was something that you did, this was like you could make it in your home state type of a thing? Uh, honestly, I didn't know anything about the music industry, really. Um, I, you know, I, I'd never been to Nashville other than like the outskirts to play some baseball tournaments, but I'd never Mm -hmm. like been to the city of Nashville. Didn't really even understand a lot of the history of Nashville just because it was, I don't know. It just seemed far away to me at that time growing up, you know? Um, but now, now that I, that I know about it, it's definitely, it's, it makes me proud of of being here from the state and, and um, getting to represent it. Um, I've never lived anywhere else. You know, it's always been my home. I'm a little further west now than I was growing up, but it's still still part of, you know, of, of what I what I grew up doing and, and, and where I grew up at. It's, it's definitely it's special to me to be able to represent this place that I love so much. Yeah, that's got to be, like, extra cool, like sort of cherry on top of the Sunday. Yeah, it is. And, and I, you know, I... I, you know, you grow up, at least for me, I grew up with me, I don't know, I guess wanting to go other places and wanting to, wanting to see things and wondering if, if this is, is this all there is? Is this the best, you know, is this the best there is? And then the more I started traveling and, and getting to see those places and getting to see those things, and those are all great. But the more I got to travel and the more that I've seen and the more I, I've got to experience the more I really appreciate my home and how much it means to me so that makes it even more special now yeah there really is no place like home <laughs> no, there's not. um that's sort of a good lead into the album because there's so much kind of about you on this album and about growing up here and everything talk to me first of all about about okay first talk to me about the title track about dangerous what was the decision to make that sort of the anthem of this album yeah, uh, well, Dangerous is a song that I wrote um, after I got into a little bit of trouble. Me and my me and my buddy Ernest um, wrote it together. Uh, I, you know, he he had come over. We had we had kind of been on a, a little writing spree anyway, and he had was just coming over every every you know a couple times a week, and we'd uh, see if we could write something. If not, we'd just hang out. Um, but I the night before, or maybe two nights before, I started just making that thing on the guitar and um and kind of ha- had a little bit in, uh, of an idea of what I wanted to to say but didn't really know exactly so I you know me and him really work well together and I, I we I love writing with him so he was my first choice obviously to try to finish the song and um it was really a song it's a song to myself like we added a love interest and a story just because I felt like people could relate to that more mm-hmm. but um I kind of wrote it to myself just as a as a warning kind of almost, um, uh, if I'm in a certain mindset or from in a, in a, you know, in a certain way, I, I think it can, it can be a little bit dangerous to, to my, you know, to whatever I have going on. And I wanted to write that to myself as kind of like a, a note. And, um, I don't know, it just seemed like it kind of fit past couple of years of my life. You know, um, it, everything has kind of changed a lot and, it just felt it felt right as it, that's not that's really the only song that I wrote to myself on the, on the album so mm-hmm. it just it just seemed appropriate and was it a conscious decision to do a double album or was it like we've got so many songs let's let's do this yeah I mean me and Seth my manager I joked about it uh, at the beginning of the year 
because uh, we had had probably around 20 songs. I don't know exactly the number, but I'd say probably about 20 songs, and we we poked about poked around the idea. But I I was I wasn't sold on it, and it was really a joke to me. I don't know if it was to him or not, but it was really more of a joke to me because I thought I was going to be touring this whole year, right? And I didn't think I was going to have time for that. And then whenever uh, this whole you know Corona situation happened, I I kind of started thinking, well, maybe that's possible. Um, but I knew I needed to get some songs in pretty quick if I wanted to do that because the recording process is probably going to take a long time and even longer with all the stuff going on. So, right. um, I, luckily I, I wrote probably five songs right towards the beginning of quarantine. And, um, that kind of just, you know, instead of, it was made, it was easier to add more songs at that point than it was to, to, you know, take some away. Um, instead of going from 20 to 15 or whatever, we had already right. gotten to 25 so we can just continue to get, and honestly, 25 would have been enough for a double album. I mean, really, yeah. if you, if you think about it. So I, we, we didn't have like a magic number or anything. We just kind of ended up at 30 and then 32 once the, uh, the exclusive tracks come out, but that's just kind of what happened. And, and then we, you know, I, I, I just, I was proud of all of them and I felt like, I, I I don't know. It just helps me tell my story, and and people I think need music more more now than ever. And it's just it just seemed like a perfect time. Yeah, it's so. I was gonna say that too. It's like give us all the music right now because it we do really need it. So it's like a double album. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope that's how people feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So you have Stapleton on the album, and I have to ask. First of all, what's it like to work with him? Tell me like a little bit about it. Were you guys together or was it separate because of COVID? Yeah, it was separate. So I'm, I'm not really sure. But um, I mean, we literally, me and Seth just at the end, you know, we had everything recorded and and uh, kind of made a short list of people that I'd like to collaborate with. And um, he was obviously on that list. And we sent him a couple songs, maybe three songs. And I mean, you know, told him, said, hey, um, we'd love to have you a part of this project. Um, these are some songs that we picked that we felt like you, you know, that were up your alley or that you might want to, you know, would like to be on. And, um, you know, you just let us know if any of them speak to you, um, you know, if what and what you'd like to do with it. You, you were pretty much game. We respect you and your, you know, your artistry enough to where you can just kind of have free reign. And uh, he came back and said and chose the song that he did. And, um, sent us back. I mean, it was a couple things back and forth, but I mean, pretty, pretty, pretty simple i mean he just sent us back his his parts and and my producer joey just kind of mixed them in and and we loved how it sounded and that was pretty much it it was it was it was very easy i didn't you know i didn't have to i, I didn't have to like kill yeah. chain or nothing like that it, it was, he, he crushed it obviously and um i'm really excited for people to hear that one that's one of my favorite ones what's it like to kind of realize you're you're in a position now where if you want Stapleton, you can get Stapleton. <laughs> like that, I mean, that's, this is like what? I mean, so soon into your career and and to be able to like sort of reach that point. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's pretty crazy, you know, because I, yeah, I think he's, he's, he's kind of a, I don't know, he's on, a, he's just on a whole level of his own to me. Yeah. Uh, Stapleton is, you know, he's kind of got his own lane. He's in a different lane than me, which is awesome that we get to collab together yeah. and, kind of unite those things um but i'm just a huge fan of him and I, I i mean it is pretty wild you know i made that while i was making that list of people that i collaborate with i, I did i kind of did you know shoot for the stars in a, in a way of, of people that i'd like to have and 
Um, it was a very short list, and I only got one of them. But um, I, you know, I that's if I can get Chris to have yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, you co-wrote what, like seventeen of these songs? Yeah. Were mm-hmm. some of them? I know you talked about writing a little bit in quarantine, but were some of them stuff that you'd been working on, or you sort of had in the hopper that you it was time to put them out, or was it all for this album? Um, there was some. I mean, you know, it's been so long since I put out a whole album. So I start, I've been writing for this this album since probably 2000, in the middle of 2018. So there's been some, there's a couple that are around for, you know, a couple of years, but a lot of the ones are pretty fresh. Um, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I think I told you I wrote four or five at the beginning of, of quarantine. So those, you know, those kind of all happened pretty quick. And um, there, it's been, it's a little bit of both, you know, there's some mm-hmm. things from uh, a, an older perspective and there's some from a newer perspective as well. Are there any that, I mean, we've all had a crazy year, but you, I think you've, I mean, you've had such a sort of life-changing year, even in a a year off of touring, but like being a dad, putting out this album, SNL, like all that stuff, do any of the songs feel different now as like going into 2021, Morgan, as opposed to the guy who wrote them? Um, I, you know, we wrote Living the Dream, for example, which is out already. I, we wrote that a while ago, um, kind of like as a, you know, we were, I was kind of just getting a taste of what of what fame would feel like or what, you know, what being in the spotlight would feel like. I, I really didn't even know. I, we just described what, what we, you know, how we felt in the, in the, with our toes wet almost, you know. And then after this year, I've, I, I've really felt that. It was almost like that song was a pro- prophetic message mm-hmm. in a way for me because I didn't. You know, it. The, the, everything about it was. I was doing those things and I was feeling those things, but now it just only got magnified. Uh, so that song t- took on a, a, a not a new meaning, but a stronger meaning for me. Um, yeah. Especially, uh, and sometimes you know, like obviously, I'm not feeling like that every single day. But, right. You know, it's 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 a real thing, and I I think that song really means a lot to me. And there's yeah, there's there's definitely. I mean, this year has changed a lot of perspectives for everyone. So. Um, that one is definitely one of the ones that I would say is, has grown, grown the most on me. Are there songs on the album that you are excited for fans to hear or even more so, like, can't wait to play live? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously there's a there's a couple ones that are energy that I, I can't wait to play. There's uh, Something Country is one of them. Um, Rednecks, Red Letters, Red Dirt is one of my favorites as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that song, I think it'll hit hard live, but it also is... I don't know. I can. It just takes me back home. I, as soon as the song starts, I can. I can just close my eyes and imagine driving down the river, the river road where I'm from, and um, it's that one's really special to me. Um, and there's another one called "Sand in My Boots," which is the first song of the first side of the album, and um, it's uh, it's a different kind of uh, sound for me. I mean, yeah. I've always I've played piano for a long time, but it brings piano to the forefront. And um, I, I'm really excited. It's a beautiful story, too. And I can't wait for people to hear that one. Uh, and I'm, I'll probably, you know, before we got stopped uh, touring, I was I was flirting with bringing the piano. I was kind of I'd already done it a few times with bringing the piano out on stage and kind of giving my band a break and stuff like that. And this, I think this song gives me an even better chance to do that with a, a higher quality song. So I'm, I'm really cool. looking forward to that. Get in tune with Nashville's only upscale resort water experience. Sound Waves. This is where music and water meet. Where you can soak up the sounds while you soak up some rays. This is how you can tune in or tune out and immerse yourself in a world of pure indulgence. 
chill vibe or thrill ride, surfs up or float on by. This is what you've been dreaming of. This is Soundwaves at Gaylord Opryland. Book today at soundwavesgo.com. Hi, this is Chris Young, and you're listening to the Nashville Lifestyles Podcast, hosted by a couple of my famous friends, Brian Berry and Allison Hudak. All right, everybody, I want to talk to you about the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders making the team on CMT, one of mine and Allison's favorite shows. We were talking about that at the beginning of the program. But Tuesdays on CMT, bring a squad like no other. And this season on Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making the team, an accelerated trading camp has made the competition fiercer than ever before. This Tuesday, everything is on the kick line during the final rehearsal. Final rehearsal. Ooh, it sounds dramatic. The DCC hopefuls face their toughest day yet, and they fight for their spot on the team. And the judges get shocking news that could destroy everything. Don't miss Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders making the team. All new this Tuesday at 10, 9 central on CMT. When all that stuff with SNL happened the first time, I kind of took a couple of weeks and just turned my phone off and, and got out into the country and, you know, rode horses, bush hog, um, rode four-wheelers. Nice. <laughs> just did things that kind of let me get with myself and mm-hmm. and kind of get to know myself again because it's been I've been so busy for four or five years you know it's, it's easy to just I don't know not even think about that not even really try to connect with who you are you know it's easy to just keep going and going and going and going and never really taking care of that but I got to I got a chance to kind of really dig deep and and figure out who I was again and and, and actually you know realize that I like that person a lot and um you know I think it's just it's I learned that I can just be myself and I don't have to be nothing else. And that, that really meant a lot to me during this year. It, it, it's made the rest of this year a lot better. I think that's huge. That's huge for anyone, but it's also got to be huge when you become famous and sort of, you you know, are thrown into a, a completely different lifestyle than how you grew up and all that stuff. It's got to be good to be able to kind of ground yourself and be, be yeah. who you always were and remind yourself yeah, it's almost like I was in I was in search of who I was as a kid in a mm-hmm. way. You know, it's like who who was that kid, and I, I I felt like I really found that again. So that 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 was the biggest thing I learned. That's good. That's a great one. Twenty twenty one. What are you most looking forward to? Uh, <laughs> well, I think the obvious answer is playing shows again. Um, that I can't. You know, like. The last time we played, so much has changed for me and my crew since we played shows last. Um, I felt like there was a lot of momentum before, like while we were starting, but now it seems like that's grown uh, just a stupid amount. Yeah. So and it's and it's so weird because I don't get to go. You know, I see all these stats and all these uh, uh, headlines and awards, and I get to do all these things, you know, which is awesome. But I don't really get to grasp it fully until I get out there and see it, you know. So it's, yeah. It's a little bit bittersweet to see those things going on, and I'm just sitting here, you know, not being able to do anything about it. So I I hope that next year we get to do that. Thanks for listening. Follow us on social media at Nashville Lifestyles on everything. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Nashville Lifestyles.